Good evening, Lehigh Valley. This is Sally Hanlon. I am on Lehigh Valley Business Beat this evening with a very special guest that I'm going to introduce shortly. We're going to be talking about what one company, local company, has been doing in the area of energy efficiency. So this show is a little bit about climate energy, but it's also about business and a business that has withstood the test of time as they have been involved in Lehigh Valley community since 1947. So with all the climate change conversations today, it's really difficult to understand what an individual, a family, or a business can do to make a change. And we're fortunate to have this business in the Lehigh Valley, which I said was established back in 1947. At the time it was established, it was a mortgage financing business, but it has passed on generations and it is now very much focused on energy efficiency, energy opportunities for individuals and businesses to sort of contain their their footprint to some extent. So before I introduce the co-chair and founder of National Energy Improvement Fund, I want to give you some statistics. According to the U.S. Energy Information Administration, Carbon dioxide-related emissions equal 4.71 million metric tons. And by source, this equates to petroleum, 45% of total share, natural gas, 36% of the total share of carbon dioxide, and coal, 19%. These three sources are sources of what they call greenhouse gases, and they're used predominantly to produce electricity, heat, transportation. So as an individual and a business consumer, we're all dependent on electricity. We're all dependent upon heat. What can we do? What is there to help us? And this evening, I would like to welcome Peter Kreisa, co-chair and founder of the National Energy Improvement Fund. Peter, welcome. Thank you, Sally. Great to be here. It's so great to see you. Our paths have crossed over years Mm -hmm. with the chamber, and now we finally get to catch up again. So Would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit of your background? Maybe you can start with what your parents found back in 47. Yeah, sure. A little bit of a different twist than, than, than perhaps how you how you phrased it, because the National Energy Improvement Fund has its roots back to 1947, but it's a separate company from the company my parents started. So, okay. uh, you know, I, it's very interesting. All my grandparents were Slovak immigrants to Allentown, like so many of the other folks in the Lehigh Valley, and they all worked in the various wire mills and factories. And for whatever reason, my, my grandfather decided to start a grocery store in the middle of the Depression, which is like, well, wow, why'd you do that? Yeah. <laughs> and um, part of that was um, extending credit and uh, uh-huh. to people who needed credit to buy groceries in the middle of the Depression. So my dad was the first guy to go to college out of that kind of generation of Slovak immigrants because he was a really good baseball and basketball player and went to Villanova and, you know, a 5'9 power forward, which would not really go well these days, but uh, ended up with a finance degree, came out, worked in the banking industry, in the finance industry. I watched my dad extend credit to people who really needed it in times of need. You know, can I do a similar thing? So he founded at that time the first regulated state licensed consumer lending company in the Lehigh Valley, you know, Allentown Finance Company that made loans to good people with good credit for good things. And as you know, that whole business kind of shifted uh, over the years as credit cards became more prominent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was in school, I went to the Wharton School, I was I came out and I said, you know, I don't really want to be in a in a high rate finance company environment. And we nobody wanted to do that. So we shifted the business at that point, more to a, a traditional mortgage banking business. And my brother, John, and I ran that for, I don't know, 20 years. 
and um, you know, built a nice footprint in the Lehigh Valley as AFC first. Mm-hmm. I went to a conference. A lot of the times, these things are very fortuitous. We had been doing some home improvement lending, working with some heating and cooling contractors at the time, had done some Title I lending. I went to a Fannie Mae conference, I think in 1999, where they were going to talk about remodeling financing. And they, they just touched on this. Oh, oh, by the way, we do this stuff called energy lending. And I said, what? You know, and the, they, Fannie Mae, who we all know to be kind of that amorphous blob in Washington that buys mortgages, had a program that was trying to promote energy efficiency improvements through unsecured financing for heating and cooling and lighting and those kinds of things. They were looking for lenders that understood delivery into the secondary market as well as consumer lending. We're a little company at Fifth and Linton Streets, you know, with probably 10 employees at the time. And we became one of their pilot lenders. So just all very fortuitous. And all of a sudden, I'm an energy lender. Like, where'd that come from? And, you know, (laughs) we started talking to local heating and cooling companies primarily and got involved in that circle here. And again, as fate would have it, there was a representative from a large company, manufacturer of high-efficiency heating systems, and said, hey, can you do this like in seven states? And I looked at my brother, who was a, who was a, a lawyer, and I said, can we do this in seven states? Because, you know, <laughs> I want to do it. Um, but ultimately, that's how we build our footprint um, ac- across the Northeast, working with high-quality contractors, delivering what we call essential energy improvements to consumers. Because you know, early adopters will buy a Tesla, and they'll put, you know, solar, and that's all fantastic. But many people, I have a heat pump, I have a furnace, I have a boiler. How do I make it more efficient? How do I make my home more comfortable, more safe, more efficient in the best way that I can, in the most economical way I can? So we built that business up and ended up running programs ultimately for states and utilities. And I think our biggest thing we did was in probably 2005 as AFC, we created the Keystone Help Program, Keystone Home Energy Loan Program with then Bob, Senator Bob Casey was then Treasurer Bob Casey. So we created a program with him where where we ran the state program and ultimately did that for a bunch of other states and utilities in a very narrow niche. And had a partner, John Hayes, who came in with me, who who helped grow that business tremendously. And we were going to start a bank in 2008. There's all kinds of, we all have great backstories, but bottom line is we grow that business very successfully. And um, 2015, we decided that perhaps our best next growth thing was to um, to sell. And so we merged with a company in California. My family business that had been around since 47, merged with a a company called Renew Financial um, that acquired us in order to expand our footprint. And of course, I really had never worked for anybody else in my life. So this was a, a novel oh, concept boy. and I'm oh. flying back and forth to <laughs> Oakland. And, you know, it was, and we had, Laura Nelson was our chief uh, financial officer, who's my partner now in our new business. And it was fine. But I, I learned a really key distinction about how, oh, how I view American capitalism and how I was taught. Um, this is a private equity-backed firm that was all about volume and just driving dollars and not really – and not a bad company, but didn't really understand fundamental things about lending and practices the way that we liked it. So It was transaction-based. Transaction-based, and, and, and we were much more relationship-based. Yeah. So, so fast forward, we um, – after my non-compete was over there – uh, they wanted to move the Allentown operation. We we had moved our facilities from downtown out to a, a, a to Brookside Road, where our, my good friend Stuart Rogers mm-hmm. developed a very nice office complex out there. And we had a lot of people working there, and they were going to move them all to Atlanta, and uh, nobody wanted to do that. So um, we decided to start a new company when we were legally able to do this. Um, a very dear friend of mine, Matthew Brown, who is now my other co-chair and founder of the National Energy Improvement Fund, We'd been what we called energy friends for like 15 or 20 years. We, you know, okay. meeting at conferences, 
And he had created he's uh, a lot of the, the programs for states and utilities as a consultant that we would ultimately implement and run as a lender. So we sat down. We realized we had commonality across the, the really fundamental things, integrity, the way to do business, the intent, how to impact climate, how to help consumers afford things and businesses afford things in a more equitable way. So we started the National Energy Improvement Fund as a certified benefit corporation, which is basically we're allowed in our charter to include our mission as part of our the reasons for us to make decisions. That's not just all financially motivated. We are a for-profit company. We, we want to do good things. As my dad would say, you know, you want to you, you want to do the right thing, whether it's selling shoes or making energy loans. You want to do a good thing that contributes to society. You want to have fun. And by that, I define that as by saying you want to have a work environment that's diverse and inclusive and you're out in the community and you're living your life as your business, that's fun. And then you want to make money. So that's, that's sure. kind of the combination of what we're trying to do. So Matthew's based out in Denver with a team, and we have about 20 people here in Allentown now doing programs in about 25 states for energy efficiency lending residentially. And then also uh, on the consumer side, we've moved into that where we're doing small business lending. The, the niche really is when a consumer or a small business says, you know, how are they motivated to make an energy efficiency improvement? Again, they're either an early adopter that says, I want to do this, but most likely it's, oh my gosh, my furnace just blew, my heat pump just blew, I need to, I, I, my house is not healthy, what am I going to do? And they will talk to their contractor mm-hmm. because that's the reliable source of information. So that's the single most important thing we do is create, maintain, and vet a network of contractors that we know are financially and ethically stable that are competent to provide these services that can can fulfill their work. So we help small businesses grow in that way, but we also provide that kind of network. We have about 1,000 approved contractors now in those states that do that. Nice. So, you know, the typical thing is the HVAC contractor comes to Sally's house and, and says, well, Sally, you know, we can put in, you know, yes, you need to replace your, your heat pump, your furnace, your air conditioning with it, this more efficient system. We have the, the cheap system, the moderate system, and the more the, the efficient system. And you say, wow, that's a lot of money because you don't expect to do this. You'd rather spend that money most likely on some other kind of improvement to your home or your or whatever. Something you can see. <laughs> Something you can tangibly see, not the not the furnace in your basement, right? Yeah. So um, the financing that's historically or recently has been offered in relation to that kind of improvement in the home is all this promotional kind of financing that we're all too so familiar with. Oh, yeah. it's 0% for six months and 35% thereafter. You know, just duplicitous credit card kind of stuff. Yep. Or even see this in the auto industry. People are not stupid. When you see 0% financing for seven years, no, everybody knows there's no such thing as 0% financing, right? right? So that means that somebody's paying that difference, whether it's the manufacturer, the dealer, or ultimately the customer. Right. So we decided to create programs that were almost like, they're like auto finance in the sense that they're fixed rate, fixed term, pay it off whenever you want to, simple interest rates, delivered through a contractor channel in a very point of purchase way, all motivated by consumers trying to put in the most efficient system. And oftentimes the energy savings that they're going to accrue will offset the payments on the financing. Typical financing for us is not a a, a $50,000 solar job. It's a $10,000 heat pump. That's our our typical kind of thing that we call the financing twilight zone. Too big for a credit card, too small to get a home equity loan. What do I do? I just, I put in the cheap thing. Well, don't do that. So right. that's the fundamental business. And then we we will then work with 
contractors directly, but we'll work with utilities and states, again, to offer incentivized programs. There's going to be, as you know, potentially, if this infrastructure bill you know moves ahead in, in any fashion, a lot of money coming into energy efficiency again, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. means it'll be funneled through the states and the utilities in both rebates to consumers, which are great, but also to subsidize financing. We're doing a program right now in New Jersey with the utility. New Jersey is different than in Pennsylvania. In New Jersey, a little piece of your electric bill goes into every to a fund to promote energy savings. Pennsylvania just doesn't have that. But in New Jersey, this utility, Jersey Central Power and Light, JCP&L, is offering you know, 0% financing for five years, but it's legitimate 0% financing for five years in the sense that they are using the ratepayer funds uh, assigned to them to subsidize the rate to allow it to become 0% for five years. So that's legitimate. It's not going to change. And we're go- we are the lender operating that program for consumers in the JCPNL territory. Okay, if I could just hold on that note, we're going to take a short break. This is fascinating, Peter. Thank you so much. I think we're all going to have quite an education on what's available to us and hopefully more energy-efficient homes. But we're going to take a short break. My guest tonight is Peter Kreisa, who is co-chair and founder of the National Energy Improvement Fund. We're talking about his business and the importance and the role of NEIF. Stay tuned. This is Sally Hanlon of Lehigh Valley Business Beat. We'll be right back. This is Ari Shapiro, host of All Things Considered, reminding you that WDIY runs on member support. Thanks to listeners coming together year after year since 1995 making membership contributions, WDIY has been able to grow into the vital public resource that it is today. All the programs you hear on WDIY are made possible by listeners. From NPR's All Things Considered and Morning Edition, to locally produced programs like Your Financial Choices with Lori Siebert, HealthBeat, Teen Connect, and public affairs programs you won't find anywhere else in the Lehigh Valley. Now is the time to support your listening during this membership drive. Make your contribution today by visiting WDIY.org or call 610-758-8810. That's 610-758-8810. Thanks for your support. For programming support on WDIY, we thank East Penn Sanitation, a local Lehigh Valley family-run business since 1982, working to keep the Lehigh Valley clean and green, offering residential, commercial, and industrial waste disposal and recycling services. For more information, 610-759-6398 or eastpensanitation.com. Welcome back. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Lehigh Valley Business Beat tonight with Sally Hanlon and our guest, Peter Kreisa, who is co-chair and founder of the National Energy Improvement Fund. We are talking about the role of his company in the field of energy efficiency. And before the break, Peter was talking about some programs that he anticipates or is working with in states to help with homes with consumers, you know, getting energy efficient loans usually in that spot that other lending channels don't support. And so we were talking about, you know, New Jersey, and there's a 0%, which is an actual 0%. And, you know, other states you're involved with? 25 states we run programs in, and then we operate commercially nationally. Okay. And you had mentioned before the break that you thought that if 
any form of this infrastructure bill goes through, we're going to probably feel some of it in energy-related, climate change-related support. Is that correct? I think so. I mean, we've been talking to the Pennsylvania Energy Office quite a bit and Pennsylvania Treasury, Keith Welks, their former deputy treasurer, about what the impact will be in Pennsylvania. And it's likely there will be money designed. I think it's going to be pretty agnostic. It's going to be mostly focused on energy efficiency. And I really don't want to politicize this. I I think that, you know, the, the goal here is is to make everything we have more efficient because that's the cheapest and lowest barrier to reducing carbon emissions and everything else. Moves to renewables and everything else is fantastic, but a longer term. So how do we introduce efficiency as we gradually move toward toward renewable energy? So I think you're going to see that. you know, it happened in 2008 with the first stimulus package. It was we did hundreds of millions of dollars of loans in Pennsylvania to consumers for energy efficiency, and then there's been sort of this this little bit of a of a, a downward crunch. One of the other areas that we really focused on in other states, and I think it's you know the impact of we're seeing the weather impacts. It's not just climate. Well, it is climate. It's also what they're calling resilience. So you have energy efficiency, which mm-hmm. is obviously saving use of fuels through and and improving your home's comfort and health and safety because you know, you, want, you don't want to have systems belching out you know poisonous and noxious fumes and everything else. So you want to take care of all that. You know, insulate your house properly. But in southern states, and, and as we move up into Virginia and Delaware, New Jersey, and, and, the, and the coastal states, resilience is the new big buzzword because insurance companies, you know, we got more and more hurricanes and more weird weather events that we've all experienced propagated by impacts of climate change, mm-hmm. natural, man-made, kind of irrelevant because it's happening exactly. no, yeah, it's no, no matter what. Yeah. California wildfires, same kind of thing. So resilience is like, well, how if I'm an insurance company, this is going to be devastating for me. So I would rather have you put a what they call a fortified roof on your home, a hurricane resistant roof on your home when you're going to replace it than just another cheap asphalt roof. Mm-hmm. If you do that, insurance companies will give you a significant discount on your property insurance because it's cheaper for them to take less revenue now than pay you out twenty five thousand dollars in. Two years. I wish I knew that five years ago. Well, it's 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 just it's just you know it's again it's it's more coastal based. So we acquired a company last year called My Strong Home. Um, a friend of ours, Margot Brandenburg, had founded it with this idea of of taking efficiency is one thing, but resilience is the other. How can we couple insurance savings with financing to help middle market homeowners in you know suburban Charleston you know mm-hmm. do stuff or low income and low moderate income people interesting because we now own an insurance agency, property and casualty insurance agency based in Charleston, which is you know nice because Charleston's a nice place to visit. But um, that's another area that we're trying to marry the two concepts of efficiency and resilience, all, all mitigating the effects of, of, of climate impact. And people ask, well, how do you, you know, are you a bank? You know, because we're a lender, you know, we, we are the originator, we're the servicer, we're the program manager, but we're not a bank. We partner with community banks and regional banks and other capital sources around the country, credit unions, and provide them with the front-end infrastructure to deploy their capital in a way they want to, but they don't know how to do this, right? right? So we do it and sell and service large blocks of loans for other community banks and credit unions and, and other things. We recently did a program in Philadelphia with the Philadelphia Energy Authority where we did a low and moderate income solar program where a, um, a community development financial institution, Centennial Parkside, provided most of the capital and then First Trust Bank provided some of the additional capital and we had managed the, and administered the program. But we do 
we do act bank-ish in the sense that we do get investments and depository funds that can come in and be reinvested in programs. So we, we had done this. Last year was really interesting. You, you Your listeners may be aware of crowdfunding, regulation mm-hmm. crowdfunding, the term. And um, this is where small businesses were able to enter into the securities market in a regulated way, in a small way, but they had to do it through a a crowdfunding portal. This all kind of came back to me. We, we had investments in our company that were f- primarily for accredited investors and larger investors. But my daughter, who's, uh, who's 29, now you know, came to me and said, Daddy, you know, I really like what you're doing with all this climate change, but I don't have $25,000 or $30,000 to invest in your, in your private offering. You know, what can I do with $1,000 or $2,000? Mm-hmm. I said, hmm. So we worked with this entity called Raise Green. They're the first climate crowdfunding portal that allows investors to make investments, smaller investments in in things that may appeal to them from a from a climate or other socially economic mm-hmm. way. So we launched a crowdfunding thing last year with Raise Green, and it's raisegreen.com is their website, and we're on the on the platform along with a couple other really now very interesting companies like Block Power and other things where small investors can invest at like small amounts of money. Our investments tend to be more like we're just going to we're going to pay you a fair interest rate. You're going to see the impact of climate change. It's not necessarily like you're going to invest in a, a thing where you might get, you know, quadruple your money and right, it's, you're right. going to make It's it's socially important. It's socially responsible investing. So we are launching a new version of this October 20th called Climate Action Preferred Investment Certificates that are going to be the same kind of thing. So we'll be coming out with more information on that. But it allows the smaller investor to support projects that support energy efficiency and and resilience. That's terrific. You know, I'm always looking for socially responsible types of things to support. And, you know, climate has become a big issue for me as well. And this is, I'm so excited to have you on the show tonight to listen to this. Peter, you had also mentioned something that I think our listeners might be very interested in, and that is your contractor network. Uh, Today, I just hear so many people who are not fond of contractors, and yet you seem to have a group of people that are responsible and support your Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's kind of the key, the key component because they're the influencers in these decisions. And that's, you know, we're all, it's like when you go to the doctor, you know, you, you're not going on the internet to see who's going to take out your appendix. I mean, you might, but you're, you're going to go to a physician that's going to do that for you. And the same thing, we rely on, on good contractors to put in efficient and safe and healthy systems. So we adopted a standard for contractors many, many years ago that focuses primarily on their financial and ethical stability. Do they have the wherewithal to stand behind their jobs or is there is the credit of their company good? You know, all those things that you would do in analyzing a solid company. And only those companies that pass that become what we call the NEIF seal of approval that are able to offer our financing programs. And by and large, it's um you know, 95% of companies are good companies. They're good, solid companies just trying to do the right thing, whether they're a little company or a big company. And we just want to make sure that happens. It is interesting when we moved to different markets like California or Florida, we did see a much, um, how am I going to say this nicely? There was a, a larger percentages of, of contractors that we chose not to do business with in those marketplaces because they did not have the business practices that have been more established in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic. So I think it's up to the consumer has to be very, very, as they know, you know be very careful of who you choose to do business with. And when I say contractor, there's the guy that's going to come in and, you know, replace a closet door for you. That's that's one thing. You know, you can get your brother-in-law to do that for you. But if they're replacing your 25-year-old furnace and insulating your walls or doing something with your plumbing or doing something with your electrical, you want to have somebody who is real and competent and 
you know, and, and will stand behind their work. Certified to some extent. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. So as a consumer and as a, a homeowner, if there's something that I want to do, do I contact the contractor first? Do I contact you guys? How, yeah, I mean, I think, I think typically contract consumers will, will, will identify contractors, and then those contractors, at least in the Lehigh Valley market, many of them will, will up be approved with us to offer our financing programs and should mention it. Or they can go to the neifund.org, so neifund.org, and there is a contractor search engine there so you can see who's an approved contractor and what disciplines on our, our website. And you can start the process that way. Okay. All right. So then I go on and I get a contractor and we decide to go through you. Then does he become or she become the intermediary? Do yeah, I- it's, it's much simpler than that, Sally. I'm a con- let's just use an example. I'm going to buy the $12,000 new heat pump, right? And that's the contract. You have a contract with the contractor saying, I'm going to pay you $12,000. You apply online either through the contractor has our portal or directly through us for really an instant credit decision. So you'll know what it is and what the terms are for that, for that financing. Contractor will then proceed to do the work. We don't really need much additional information from the consumer. It's very rare when we need additional information. But we don't pay the contractor. We will pay the contractor when you, the consumer, sign off that this work was done to your satisfaction. And that's when we pay the contractor in, in completion. So again, just to give you an idea of where these what these products are like. So right now, we all know mortgage rates are you know, still 3 4%, whatever they are. And home equity rates are variable, but they're low. Credit cards, even though we see all these teaser rates, the average credit card in America still is 18 to 30 six percent. That's a fact. Look on Mm -hmm. bank rate. And you might think you have a a low rate credit card. And maybe you do if you pay the balance off every month. But if you carry a balance, you'd be surprised with what the rates are. So we offer, you can't typically walk into a local bank and get a a 10-year, you know, $25,000 unsecured loan. It doesn't exist. So that's the nature of our products. Up to 10 years, interest rates, depending on the program, from, you know, 2% to 8%, fixed rate, simple interest loans that you could pay off whenever you want to. Again, the on these smaller loans, the interest rate differential is not that critical because it's there's not that much difference between two percent and five percent, frankly, mm-hmm, on a small mm-hmm, loan. Mm-hmm. But that's what. But it's it's kind of the peace of mind of having a guaranteed monthly payment, interest rate, fixed rate, unsecured loan with no lien on your home. So that's the differentiation. On the commercial side, I, I, I neglected this. We've really expanded this a lot with what we're doing for small and mid-sized businesses. We do a lot of work with the utilities around here in implementing programs that help. The dry cleaner, the realtor, the church, the whatever, provide get financing for higher efficiency stuff as well. My goodness. So, you know, you're coming out with this new investment opportunity for the smaller investor. What else is on the horizon for you guys? Are you thinking beyond that at this point? What we're looking at very shortly, you know, we're talking about geographic expansion and how do we really, this this move into the Southeast U.S. for us was a little eye-opening because this, the roofing and everything, the resilience market is one thing, but do we actually even want to get involved in heating and cooling in, in you know, mm-hmm. Miami? I'm not sure. I think we are poised really to to look at more of these utilities and states are, are want to engage a con- you know, company like us to run programs. So I think we're looking at that from a geographic expansion as well. Okay. To try and keep my eye on what's happening like in Pennsylvania and the credits that might be available at some yeah. point in time, how, how do I keep abreast of that? Yeah, I'll know more probably next week. I have a call with the State Energy Office and where they're headed with all this stuff. But it's going to be primarily through the Department of Environmental Protection okay. is, is where you'll, you'll see um, most new things. And the State Energy Office falls underneath that. And that is where you're going to see what's available. I know there are a number of programs they even have currently for, for solar and other initiatives. But I think 
something's going to happen out of this. I don't know who knows what the scope is going to be, but something's going to happen. And that means there's going to be money available to support energy efficiency in Pennsylvania that will ultimately get to consumers somehow, some way. Okay. And that's the way to look for it. Okay. So we'll keep an eye on DEP. We'll keep an eye on your website for the right. contractors and uh, the life of our, our non-efficient heating systems Correct. in our homes. Correct. Great. Well, we're about to wrap up. This has been, Peter, this has been very eye-opening for me. I mean, I followed your career for a period of time, but then our paths went different ways. And I just, I think this is terrific that you and your organization not only are doing this with climate change, but that you've also elected to be a B Corp, which I hope to bring you back and we'll talk about what that means. So the other companies that want to be engaged in their community and reinvest in their community have information about how to do that because there aren't, there are only two in the Lehigh Valley when Hmm. I did my research and potentially one in Quakertown. So it's hmm. not it's not something that's around a lot. So I would like to thank you, Peter Kreisa, for being here tonight, to, for being a guest, for what you're doing for the community, and as co-chair and founder of National Energy Improvement Fund. Thank you, Sally. I want to thank James Johnson, who's our news and information director. And listeners, I'd like to thank you for tuning in tonight on Lehigh Valley Business Beat to learn more about what's happening here in the Lehigh Valley and a company that cares. This is Sally Hanlon. Mm-hmm.